We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Brian Baldinger, good enough to join us here on Damon and Ratto on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Baldy, thank you so very, very much for joining us. Uh, one of the things that Ray and I have been kicking around here is that Brock Purdy has enjoyed playing in an, in an environment that is almost devoid of expectations. But those have been placed on him now. And I think, you know, if you're expecting the 49ers to win this game, that means the expectations are a little bit on Brock Purdy. I know that you have been putting him under the microscope, Brian, and thank you so much for joining us as always. Do you have any reason now to doubt that Brock Purdy is less than what we've seen so far? Or do you think that this is a guy who just was totally underestimated and is you know, now just finding his legs underneath him in the perfect situation? Well, I don't, you know, there's a lot of layers to that, uh, Damon. Good to be with you and Ray. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, when you win 11 in a row, the expectations are you're going to win 12 in a row. Um, nobody thinks it's just the quarterback. Nobody thinks it's just the coach or just the talent. I mean, they're playing really good football on all levels, complimentary football. Uh, you know, the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro teams tell you they have a lot of good talent. I've been saying it all year. You know, at, the, at certain positions, they may be the best at probably five or six positions in the league. Uh, not many teams have that type of talent. But, look, do I think Damon Purdy could just fall off a cliff? I don't think so. Um, but all quarterbacks, when they get hit, they kind of reveal who they are. So he hasn't really been hit much at all. You know, I mean, he, he either avoids pressure, throws the ball out of bounds. Uh, he's got an ability to kind of just run away from quick pressure or avoid it. So, you know, he's got escape ability. Um, so he's not getting hit a lot. And then he does a lot of good things on the move. So, I mean, he's got – just like nobody knew what Patrick Mahomes could do until he got a chance to do it. Could he have done that year before when he was sitting? Probably. You know, we, we might be looking – I'm not going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes because he's got five years of tape that makes him maybe the best player in the league. But, you know, he's got a lot of those type of attributes and qualities where he can just – you know, the touchdown to McCaffrey, the touchdown to Mitchell. I mean, those aren't primary receivers. Yet, you know, he's, he just knows where they are and knows how to come back around to the other side of the field and put it in perfect spots to him. Um, because the, compare, the comps that people have attached to him – are so gaudy so far. Yeah, I'm right. wondering what a sensible comp is in terms mm. of not necessarily numbers here or, you know, r rookie records there, which, you know, I'm not fond of. But who stylistically in your mind does does he does Purdy remind you of? 
who does he who does he most resemble in like the real football uh, the creation of football well i mean look i mean whether this is fair or not fair ray but you know if you there's only two guys that have done what he's done in his first six starts and that's you know it's kurt warner and he kind of reminds you of kurt warner under you know under the radar nobody knew what he could do uh was you know he hadn't been cut and played in different leagues like kurt but you know when you're mr irrelevant i mean you might as well have been bagging groceries you know like kurt did in des moines but you know i mean he's he's kind of similar like he sees to feel really good kurt was a really good athlete at that point in his life um you know playing for the rams and took a team to a super bowl and uh you know he was he the best player on the team you know he was the guy that made it all happen but Obviously, they had all kinds of guys, and you know, left left tackle and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk. I mean, all the guys. But you know, he kind of made it all go, and I kind of feel like that might be a comparison. Now, is he going to wear a gold jacket one day? I, you know, I don't know. But you know, they're off to kind of similar starts with similar ability and similar backgrounds right now. Brian Baldinger here on ninety-five-seven, the game in the stream. So, if you just want to start swearing up and down, you can go ahead and and, and do that, Brian. No one's going to get angry at you today, but. Look, we we know how good Christian McCaffrey is. The guy pops almost every single time he gets the ball. I also think Elijah Mitchell is a hell of a talent who went a long way to getting the 49ers deep into the playoff run last year. In the last game, we saw him haul in that touchdown in the passing game, but he was very much muted at the line of scrimmage when he was carrying the ball. What was the difference in what you saw between Christian McCaffrey running it and Elijah Mitchell running it last week because one had great success, the other did not. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't really say uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, didn't see the the holes or didn't see the field well. I mean, the plays just weren't blocked real good, and he didn't make, you know, these crazy cuts to, you know, to find the daylight. So, you know, sometimes you just just get in a rhythm. Sometimes you just, I mean, it's just a a game-type thing where it's not really almost how they block it. It's just, you know, it's just not going your way that day. There's no back that, I don't care what, you know, Barry Sanders, I mean, pick a guy, there's no guy that goes out there and just lights it up every Sunday. Some days you just get shut down. You just don't see it well. You see it in Dallas. You'll see it between Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott at at times, where Pollard, you know, makes something happen and Zeke doesn't make anything happen. And sometimes, not often, but sometimes it's vice versa. It can be like that sometimes. And that's why, you know, coaches like to get guys involved early, Damon, to find out who has the When they say a hot hand, that's kind of what you're describing, why one guy's got success and another guy doesn't. It's not necessarily the guy. The other guy has less ability or less vision or anything. He's just not finding it that day. And other guys just find it. And, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, a day-to-day or game-to-game situation sometimes. Um, since you brought, brought, them, brought them up, um, who is more vital to Dallas's chances of winning Sunday, Pollard or, or Elliott? Well, Zeke is, you know, Zeke is maybe the best blocking running back that we have seen in our time. I mean, he is excellent. Um, you know, his personal ability to protect back when he's back there is as good as any back in this league. I can't say that about Pollard, but Pollard is a more explosive player, um, makes bigger plays than Zeke does at this point. Uh, Probably a better, you know, better big, uh, big play running back than Zeke is, but Zeke's still gonna, you know, punch it in from the two yard line as well as any back in this league. I mean, he can really still push the pile. He still has tremendous power, uh, but you know, Tony is, uh, 
know, Tony's a guy that can find the daylight, you know, and when he gets there, I mean, he can uh, he can really explode, much like, you know, we've watched from McCaffrey over the last, you know, eight or nine weeks. So who, uh, let me just follow up, uh, who then in your mind will concern the 49ers in terms of their planning more? Is it Pollard and his explosive uh, abilities, or is it the fact that Elliott is a great pass protector who can make Dak's life in the pocket a little easier? Yeah, uh, it depends on down and distant situation, to be honest with you, Damon. It's, you know, they rotate accordingly. You know, if it's third and 13, Zeke is probably going to be in there. Um, just because, you know, he's, he's, he's a very good receiver, uh, but he's a great protector. So down distance, first down and 10, you know, you probably see a lot more Tony Pollard in there. Uh, you know, especially if they're trying to get the running game going. And, you know, they didn't have to do much of it last week because, you know, they carved up campus zone defense so easily that they really didn't have to rely much on it. But, you know, when they when they were winning games with Cooper Rush and even some games with Dak, I mean, they had a really good one-two punch going between the two of them. Brian, what's the difference between good Dak and bad Dak? Uh, the good Dak is what you saw last week, and the, and the difference was just protection. You know, when he's protected and he's got, um, you know, just a nice wall in front of him, he can step into his throws, um, you know, he's very good. Very good. He saw the field really well last week. But under pressure, uh, you can get bad Dak. You know, if he's getting hit, he's getting flushed. Uh, if he's late in his progressions and the ball is still in his hands and he's trying to get, get you know, late in the progressions to a third option, he makes bad decisions. And, you know, that's why he threw interceptions in so many consecutive games and some costly interceptions, pick six against Washington. Um, could have thrown the same, you know, did the same thing to play before. The guy just dropped the ball. But when he gets late in the progressions and the, the pocket's getting dirty and it's collapsing, that's when you can get a bad deck. Brian Baldinger with us here. Damon and Ratto on the stream. Odyssey, thank you very much for the technology. Um, last week, Kyle came out calling the game backwards, if you will. Christian McCaffrey didn't have a touch on the opening drive. It was a pass-heavy opening drive. And, uh, you know, Kyle is is feeling it out right there. What do you expect Mike McCarthy to do? The opening drive for the Dallas Cowboys will look like what in your mind? Mm, I think that they're going to take and, and see a little bit of what we saw from Kent Walker last week where they had some success with their tight ends on the field running the ball. They've got some excellent they've got three excellent blocking tight ends. Um, you know, when you look at Schultz and you look at Hendershot and you look at the rookie Ferguson, they're excellent run blockers. And, and at times this year they were a big thirteen personnel team the way Seattle is. I could see them coming out and uh, you know, really trying to establish the run and just some play action passes off it. I don't think they're gonna come out and try to spread the forty ers out and um, you know, and let Nick Bosa uh, you know, get after him a little bit. I don't expect to see anything like that. I expect them to come out almost conservative uh, and try to get that going and see if they can move the line of scrimmage, see if they can pierce the edges with these backs and their tight ends. And I think that's how they're going to get started here in this game. Defensively last week, they were in a situation where they didn't need to worry about a running game. And obviously Dallas needs to be very worried about a running game to the point where um, do you think they will have – Will the 49ers be looking at a single light box on a single play this weekend? Um, probably not, but 
you know, you'd be foolish to just, um, you know, just load up the box because we've seen what Purdy can do and we see what these receivers can do. Um, I think that you'll see, I think you'll see Micah Parsons all over the place. I think you'll see him blitzing from the middle linebacker position. I think you'll see him coming over the guards, maybe more than over the tackles at times. Uh, they're going to try to get him in the best matchups possible. Uh, Donovan Wilson is an excellent box player. He's an excellent tackler. He's a lot like Wafanga. Um, you know, he's just a, he's just a really good football player. And that number six, Donovan Wilson. I, last week, they did a good job of really hiding their corners. Deron Bland, who's really a nickel corner, really started on the edge. They eventually went to Xavier Rhodes. But, you know, they really had a problem when you spread them out, when teams spread them out. And um, they get three receivers out there in the field, three legitimate receivers the way the 49ers can. They've had a real problem at left corner. And I'm anxious to see, like, the Tampa, for whatever reason, never really tried to expose it, but other teams have. Uh, I'm anxious to see who they put out there, if it's Bland, the rookie, and then Mukuama in the, in the slot, or if they're going to play Rose outside and Bland inside in the slot. I'm, I think Kyle wants to find that out. So you're going to see some, I think, uh, some formations early in this game to see who's playing the left corner because I think they're going to attack that position. At the risk of looking further ahead than we're allowed to, in breaking down Giants-Eagles, what do you think is more likely? The game in early December when the Giants got boat raced or the game two weeks ago where the Giants very nearly beat them? Oh, it's it's going to be close, Ray. It'll be a close game. Uh, you know, week week fourteen. You know, they didn't have Big Cat Williams. They didn't have Xavier uh, Xavier McKinney. They they didn't have a Dory Jackson. I mean, they got their chess pieces back now, um, and they have a much better passing game offensively, much better. And so they'll they're they're in a position. Wink Martindale, a defense coordinator, they're in a real good position to uh, get this thing into the fourth quarter against the Eagles. And I think that's where it's going to be won and lost right now. I think it's going to be a close game into the fourth quarter. Brian, what do you think about the Jaguars? A puncher's chance at Arrowhead? Yeah, puncher's chance. I mean, because, you know, if you're down 27 nothing, uh, and you come back and you win and you throw, you know, four touchdown passes in a row, um, you, 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 you feel like you can, you're, you're kind of invincible. They've been to Kansas City. They know the atmosphere. They know the field. They know the talent. They know what Chris Jones can do. I mean, they've seen it and felt it. They took their best punch back in week 10. Uh, they're very capable of, uh, you know, because offensively, they, they really know who they are. Christian Kirk is a slot, and Zay's outside, and Marvin you know, Jones beats man coverage, and uh, Evan Ingram is the flex tight. I mean, they know who they are, and the quarterback is very good. Let me ask you a question, not as a football analyst, but as a fan. How much dread, if any, do you feel in the possibility of an AFC title game played in Atlanta on a neutral ground? I, you know, look, it might happen, and if it does, then they got to play it. But I, I'm not a fan of it. I understand the circumstances, um, and I understand that you know they they've got to try to make it as fair as possible. But I don't think it's going to be fair, and I don't think it's going to be fun. I mean, I like there's nothing better if you're Cincinnati, and what they did last year, going in to Kansas City and beating Kansas City, like that's a great feeling, um, being able to do that and to overcome the atmosphere, Joe Burrow. That he likes being the underdog. He likes going in and all right. You know, we got to communicate a little bit differently, a little bit better than we normally do. But he likes that feeling. 
And you're not going to get that feeling. You're just not going to get that atmosphere in that stadium. I don't believe you will. I, I don't believe you'll get a 50-50 partisan. I think you'll get a lot of nonpartisan fans in the stadium because it's the game in Atlanta. So, I mean, I think it's going to lose a lot if it does get played there. Our friend, and as a, I, I, um, go ahead. Just, I, I'll be real quick. And as a fan, how bad do you want the weather to be Sunday in Buffalo? Oh, man, come on. Like, I work at, I'm here at NFL Films right now. You know, we love when it's snowing, when it's bad weather, when it's windy. I mean, it just makes for better pictures, better atmosphere, more to overcome. Kind of makes you feel like you're looking at an older style of game when you get that kind of weather component to it, Ray. Are you in a press box this weekend? Uh, I'll be on the field tomorrow night in Philadelphia, getting some stuff done. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get that. I get that South Philly vibe, Damon. You know when I'm there tomorrow. That's yeah, a red carpet rollout for Brian Baldinger in Philadelphia. I am sure. Baldy, go ahead and predict the NFC title game. What are we? Ta- what game are we talking about next week in the NFC? Oh, I think you know the Niners will be in Philadelphia next Friday or Saturday, getting ready for a Sunday tilt with the Eagles. Always great to talk to you, brother. Thank you so very, very much. Yep. Appreciate it all season, and doubly appreciated in the postseason. Thank you. You bet, guys. I'll talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.